Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Good morning. Welcome to the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Glad you are with us. Oh, boy. (laughs) What do you possibly say after last night? I will say in general, the sense I have, it's not a pretty picture. I'm talking about locally. I'm talking about nationally. And I'm going to talk about why and perhaps explain why we are seeing some of the things that we are seeing in some of these races, in some of these ballot issues, and perhaps chart some course for the future with some measure of hope. I do want to begin with some good news. Out of all of the stories, locally and nationally, there was actually one particular race to put a smile on my face. Very encouraged to see what has happened here. Because there was no guarantee. No guarantee at all. Here is how the Charlotte Observer describes it. Bakari nips Han in South Charlotte. Again, in unofficial results, Han doesn't concede. Tark Bakari and Stephanie Han surely felt like they'd been there before Tuesday night. As another fierce Charlotte City Council battle between them came down to a small percentage of votes. And at least for now, it appears to have been the same results as the 2022 edition. With all the precincts reporting, Bakari's District 6 Republican incumbent leading challenger hand by 352 votes. In 2022, he beat her by 357 Now, at this last report, Han had not conceded, told reporters shortly after 10. But, folks, this is about as close as it gets. It's not necessarily pretty, but it's a win. And we have on the line with us our friend Tark Bakari. And first and foremost, we absolutely extend congratulations to you for your victory. Are you there, Tark? Please don't tell me we have phone issues yet again. Is that what's going on here? Uh, We'll work on this and try to get Tark on the line. But I will just tell you, in the early part of the evening, as soon as the polls closed around 6 o'clock, I started watching for results to come in locally and nationally. And I think the first race that I saw yesterday evening where results were coming in, it was the race I was very closely watching in Kentucky. And as it it really went all downhill from there, to be honest with you, the things that I started to see, it became apparent that 
this was going to be a very challenging night for Republicans. And I say this not as a cheerleader for the Republican Party, but really concerned for the larger conservative cause. We do have Tark Bakari back with us. Do we have you this time, sir? Yes, sir. The phone lines are working. Awesome. Absolutely awesome. We, again, extend profound congratulations to you for your victory last night. It's a hard-fought victory, and I'm sure you are relishing that today. I, I, well, I'm, I'm trying to pick up the pieces of the person I was before the last couple of months today. I'm exhausted, but I'm just so grateful, first and foremost, for everyone that worked so hard on this campaign that didn't give up on Charlotte. Uh, and, you know, I, 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 I just owe them such, such a, a round of gratitude, I can't even tell you. What, uh, take us through the night for you, how this went. How tense was it? I mean, it, it, was, it was incredibly intense, but I think I've evolved a bit as a person where, you know, maybe when I first ran in 2007, it was all about winning and it was all about me and, I had, I had kind of made peace with whatever the outcome the voters were going to decide because at the end of the day, it's their choice. And I knew that we left everything on the field. I know a lot of people say that, but like there was nothing left to do, spend, knock, call. I mean, this was truly every lever had been pulled and we did it all that we possibly could. So it was in God's hands at that point. And um, I was just nervous a bit because I just wanted to get to the outcome and see how it ended up. I knew it was going to be tight. And I also, you know, just concerned for the city. We've talked about it, you and I, before. It's There's a lack of balance. There's a lot of problems. And, you know, I'm willing to be, to be at, at, you know, to, to work on it as hard as I possibly can. Uh, but, you know, it's not, it's not an easy task. So I, I was just, you know, I was, that was the, that was the craziest political experience i probably had these last couple of weeks i can certainly uh understand why you would say that before you go into this next term what is it uh we only have about a minute or so in this segment tell me about your hopes and desires for this round what do you hope to do yeah i mean yeah you know, i've been thinking a lot about that and i i give it everything i have every day for the last six years and while I call, you know, some things out, while I tweak some things around the edges and do things behind the scenes, the crime issues that we've raised that I have learned in these last couple of months, it's not just like a, a problem it's the, itself. The problem is the media, our leaders, unwillingness to even address it rather than market it away. The homelessness, the panhandling, our roads, it's like... It's like we're ignoring the problem and, and marketing our way to, to say nothing's wrong. And, and I, I think, you know, I go back, I know you're a real spiritual guy. What has driven me, David Chadwick, is, has really helped me spiritually through this time. Everyone sees Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, right? It's the thing It's like give you, you hope and future. Well, the premise of that is actually Jeremiah uh, 29, 7, when you go back to um, you know, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for when it prospers, so too shall you prosper. It's not about you. It's not about me or the individuals. It's about making sure that we handle these problems and we're all going to be better off for it in the end. So 
I'm a little scared because if I do the exact same thing I've been doing for six years, while it's all I have to give, we're still not addressing the problem. So I've got to rethink how exactly we're going to get to the root cause of, of some of these issues of why we're not owning up to the problem and actually trying to solve it. And that's going to be a big task. I'm, I'm up for it, but I have to reflect for a little bit on how I'm going to try. Uh, well, Tark, I, I can certainly identify with you there. What you're describing to me is very much a voice in the wilderness sort of journey. That's really where you are. And the, you know, I, I, I've heard this described many times. Uh, same thing like w- with John the Baptist, where you've got all of these people functioning within the religious system. And they, unfortunately, they're not tuned in with reality. Reality was out in the wilderness reality was what john the baptist was focusing on and i i for whatever value that is to you tark vakari um you know i extend that to you and and let you know that i and many others will be praying for you as you carry out this very important mission and i've said it before we've not done it yet we've got to connect soon off air and um i'd love to have some conversations about what we can do here to to impact this city uh, for the best. So uh, absolutely. I appreciate you, buddy. And again, congratulations. Absolutely. Congratulations. And uh, let me just also add, and I, cause I think it's important to say this. I love the fact, the fact that you've said this more than once, that ultimately at the end of the day, this is not about you. And I pray, I pray that there will be many more like you who will just recognize that. And the second thing I pray is that many more Republican voters will come to this place where we will demand to hear that and know that that is a reality in the life of that candidate, that it's not all about them. We desperately need that, more of that. And I'm just commending you, Tark, for just that humility. It's it's very evident. Thank you for who you are and what you're doing. So keep on keeping on, man. I will do, brother. And I got to tell you, for every politician out there that says it, you got to also have a wife like I have that reminds you of it every minute of the day. (laughs) I get it, man. I get it. You truly have a jewel there uh, if she is serving that purpose. That's absolutely awesome. Tark Bakari, thanks a lot for coming on the broadcast. We will talk with you very, very soon. Yes, sir. I... That's a wonderful way to start this broadcast. It really is. And I've gone way over in this segment. Sorry, Bernie. But uh, we I needed it because the rest of this is not going to be so fun. I, I'm just being honest. You know, it's kind of interesting. There's a paradox politically of things going on here. We've got the results of political races, most of them not good for the Republican Party, yesterday. Yet at the same time, and we'll get to this too, there's a lot of lamentations taking place as it relates to Joe Biden. This chorus is continuing. It hasn't stopped at all. I have to shut this off. I've got, oh my gosh, Andy Bashir on screen you know, are there people that you see that just ooze politician? You see them, 
and po- creepy uh, politician just oozes out of their pores, and you can't stand to look at them. Andy Bashir in Kentucky is one of those people. It, it's, oh, gosh, I'm manifesting here. Let me move on. Because let me point out to you, if I understand correctly, the only bright spot nationally that I can point to that I'm aware of. Remember the conversation leading up to election night? There was concern about the possibility that deep red Mississippi, (laughs) they could end up having a Democrat governor, Brandon Presley running against Tate Reeves, the current governor. And interestingly enough, despite all of the concern expressed, Tate Reeves did win re-election. He has won a second term. They did express that Presley put up what many observers considered a surprisingly competitive fight to try and flip the governor's seat in what is described as a ruby-red state. Reeves won the backing of former President Trump, a conservative stronghold state that hasn't elected a Democratic governor in 20 years. 2019, he won by five points against Democrat Jim Hood, then the state's attorney general. This time around, it looks like the margin was greater. So, wonderful. The state of Mississippi is intact. But beyond, it is not so pretty, ladies and gentlemen. There are a number of ugly things in this picture. Where do I possibly begin? UK Daily Mail first. Democratic Governor Andy Bashir wins re-election in Kentucky. Incumbent takes victory over Trump-backed Republican AG Daniel Cameron in boost for Biden in the red state. Bashir was facing the state's Republican Attorney General Daniel Cameron, who had been the state's first black governor. This is pretty interesting, and I hope this does not prove to be true. The winner of the Kentucky governor's race has predicted which party will win the White House the following year for the past five election cycles. I want you to think about this a moment. Kentucky. I mean, just reading that. It sends chills down my spine, ladies and gentlemen. I want you to understand that. This is really disturbing. Big victory for Andy Bashir. Ah, Got to catch my breath on this one. I, and, and I'm not saying this. This is not to taunt anybody. This is not to scare. This is not panic porn. I want to repeat that line again. The winner of the Kentucky governor's race has predicted which party will win the White House the following year for the past five election cycles. I hope that is broken this time around. I hope and pray it's broken. 
My goodness. Still to come in the broadcast, we will talk about very interesting developments in the state of Ohio, also in Virginia, and the implications on the presidential front. And I'll delve into some analysis. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Back on the Vince Coakley Radio Program on this day after elections. Elections that, on the national stage, did not look very good. These are the headlines Drudge uses in reference to the elections. Dems win again. MAGA election nightmares. And we'll talk more about this coming up. As to what is going on, you will hear some things that may make you very uncomfortable. There's some things you may upset you coming up, but we will nevertheless cover those here. So we've started with some elements of good news. We started locally with the race, the city council here in Charlotte, Tark Picard in his victory. Mississippi was a victory. And then from there, we moved into Kentucky, where unfortunately, the Democrat incumbent was able to hold on. And I told you that disturbing piece of information, the election, the election for governor, the year before presidential elections has been predictive thus far for the last five elections of who was going to become president. I'm saying to you, in the very least, we darn well better pay close attention to this and be willing to listen to counsel that may not be what we want to hear, whatever that is. It's very important. Had a conversation with someone just this morning, and we were discussing the importance of humility and teachability because one of the unfortunate things in in our lives and when you've been around for some period of time you do learn the definition of humility of not humility of insanity which is doing the same thing over and over again expecting a different result i think there are patterns that this party the republican party has started to fall in that are demonstrations of this. And we'll talk about this coming up. As I mentioned, there are a number of things that did not go well last night, from my perspective. Let's talk next about Virginia. In recent days, there's been a lot of conversation about the possibility, maybe... Governor Youngkin will jump in to the presidential race. 
he could be the next rising star. Not anymore. Ugly picture in Virginia. Democrats block GOP bid to take full control of state government. Republicans campaigned on enacting a 15-week abortion ban in the state, but Democrats kept the state Senate and flipped the state House. Is abortion one of the determinative issues? Maybe. Youngkin spent much of the summer and fall campaigning on behalf of Republican candidates across Virginia, and his PAC, Spirit of Virginia, poured millions of dollars into key races. The group also launched an early voting program that led to increased early turnout among Virginia Republicans, according to data released by the State Board of Elections. The result means Democrats will still be able to block Youngkin's legislative priorities in the General Assembly. He and his allies had high hopes of pushing legislation on the economy, education, public safety in the next two years until Youngkin's term is up in 2025. But abortion was also at the center of Republicans' campaigns. The party suffered on the issue since the Supreme Court overturned Roe, summer of 2022. Youngkin has long pushed for a 15-week abortion ban, with exceptions for cases of rape, incest, and risk to the life of the woman. He argued 15 weeks was a consensus Virginians could get behind, and candidates in key battleground districts campaigned hard on this plan. But the Democratic opponents also spent significant money bashing the proposal. Now Republicans are still searching for a winning message on abortion in the post-Roe era. Let me just tell you, you darn well better find one very soon. With the Democratic win, any legislation to limit abortions is all but guaranteed to fail in the General Assembly next year. And this win for Democrats may complicate any potential plans Youngkin may have to seek higher office. He cannot run for re-election in 2025, and in recent months, he's danced around the question of a potential 2024 run for president, telling NBC News he has been so focused on Virginia and the legislative races. So, Virginia is a bust. But wait, there is more. (laughs) To my birth state of Ohio, We had some ballot initiatives, which are quite interesting. One, I can live with. The other, which really makes you wonder. In an alleged red state, where is the conscience of Republicans? Where is it? We're going to talk about this and much more. Also, an assessment by one person about why Republicans are losing as they are. We will also have more lamentations about Joe Biden, concerns about his electability, now that we're at a point of being a year out from the presidential election. We will address this and much more as we continue our broadcast.
You know, it's really interesting to me, Breitbart, what they've done with the headline on what's happened in Ohio last night. They have it in big red letters. My dad, you know, God rest his soul. I used to get a kick out of how he used to tell us red is the devil's color. Of course, he's kidding. But it is very appropriate for the subject matter. Here's what the Breitbart headline says before the story. Dawn of Darkness. Red State, Ohio, overwhelmingly votes for right to abortion in Constitution. This is crazy town, folks. You have to consider that when you have a ballot measure like this, you have to know this was not done entirely by Democrats. You know that. This shows the deeper issues within the Republican Party that I'm not sure certain people are willing to acknowledge. Dawn of Darkness. Ohioans pass Issue 1. Codify right to abortion in state constitution. This is another state-level victory for pro-abortion activists pushing ballot measures after the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Polling locations in the Buckeye State closed at 7.30. Dave Wasserman of the Cook Political Report called the election nearly an hour after the polls closed. In other words, this was not close. 60% voting in favor of the amendment, called Issue 1. 40% voting against it. This was how it looked, with 27% of the votes counted. Dave Wasserman at 826 posted this. I've seen enough. In a victory for the pro-choice side, Ohio issue one, a measure to establish a right to an abortion in the state constitution, passes. This is pretty extraordinary. I remind you again, this could not be done by Democrat votes alone. Republicans had to have helped push this thing over the top. Issue 1 changes the state constitution, takes precedence over laws passed by the state legislature. It is likely irreversible and can only be overturned by another ballot measure. Its passage comes after an amendment that would have raised the threshold to pass amendments to the state constitution from 50% plus 1 to 60% failed in an August special election. That amendment would have made it more difficult for the abortion amendment to pass. But I would dare say it looks like it would have passed anyway. This is not a good sign. And I'm saying this not from a political perspective. You have to recognize something is happening to us as a people. The right to life is being extinguished. Not at the ballot box. It's being extinguished in the hearts and minds of people. And I don't mind saying this. Of selfish people. 
This is where this battle is being lost. Our culture still is entrenched in a culture of death as it relates to this issue. And unless we recover that, I don't know what to tell you. This presents all kinds of challenges. But I think we have to understand how progressivism, progressivism is like termites. It eats its way through everything it touches. It has already overtaken the Democrat Party. I am warning you today, it has already made significant inroads among Republicans. A lot of Republicans are progressives and they don't even know it. That's the reality. So, what this means is there's got to be some very serious soul searching for all of us. What are our real convictions? What do we really believe in? I mean, isn't abortion in the Republican platform? So, what's going to happen now? And I, here's one of my predictions. You're going to see a lot of politicians. They're going to run for the hills on this issue. They don't want to have anything to do with this abortion issue. Or they may go completely pro-choice. Because it will be the path of least resistance. But I'm telling you, this is not going to be resolved with votes. This is an issue of the heart and souls and minds of individual people. It's absolutely vital that we understand this. Coming up, we will have more analysis of what took place yesterday evening and why you'll hear one perspective from a presidential candidate that may cause you to manifest. But I think he has some things to say that we all better listen to or that prediction that analysis about the Kentucky governor's race may end up proving true next year. God forbid that happens. We'll talk about that. Also, more warnings for Joe Biden and concern that he's not listening. <laughs> As we continue the Vince Coakley radio program, it's time for news. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hour number two of our broadcast, and we failed to mention Mecklenburg voters passed a record $2.5 billion public school bond. It has passed. There were a lot of people who have expressed opposition to this, but it is going forward now. What do you think about this? Is this a concern? Apparently, enough of you were 
convinced this was the right thing to do. Let's go out to a call from Craig here in Charlotte. Good morning, Craig. Good morning. Um, the Republicans, I believe, there's a lot of Republicans now that are agnostics, no longer Christians. Um, you, you know, it traditionally was the case, but a lot of Republicans now, it's our, <clears throat> excuse me, conservatives in general, have become agnostic, and they don't see abortion as as a problem. I don't think. I think, and a lot of Christian Republicans out there that do say, "Hey, this issue is going to keep continue to keep costing our party in the long run." And it's not my decision. If someone chooses to have an abortion, that's between them, and they have to answer to God. Uh, but to, for the Republican Party to keep pushing this issue is going to make them eventually become irrelevant. And if they don't exist or can't win elections, then the whole abortion issue doesn't matter anyways. So you think this is, uh, you know, and we kind of suggested this uh, in the last hour, that they're going to be people kind of pushed in this direction. So is is that your view that you'd like to see the Republican Party just ditch this from the platform? I, I think they should just ditch it from the platform. I think it's going to do us more harm than good in the long run, and it may eventually become cause Republicans to become completely irrelevant in key swing states. Okay. Um, it's fair enough. Fair enough for you uh, to communicate that. I'm I'm kind of curious here. Um, does it go to the point of of just being full on pro choice and supporting abortion, supporting supporting abortion rights? I think it. I think the best course of action for Republicans to do is just be quiet about the issue, not go one way or the other on it. Just make it just quietly disappear from anything they discuss publicly. Um, and, and like I said, just let, if, if I know a lot of Republicans out there think it's, it's a horrible issue. And, God, and I think a lot of Republicans believe that if they support letting people have choice, God is going to look at them for allowing that choice and punish them by either not letting them into heaven or making them sit in the lower level of heaven with less rewards. I, I, I don't understand how that all works, but I think they I, need to, I do understand what you're saying here. I, I, I do have to ask you, Craig, do you, are you one of those folks who would you describe yourself as being agnostic, for instance? I would for a long time in my life, but more recently I'm starting to change that view. There's definitely something out there, but I can't put one religion as to having the answer to it. But there's got to be something out there. Right. And I try to live my life as a good person just for the fact that I have to live with myself at night when I go to sleep. Yeah, I hear you, man. I certainly hear you. And you've got a perspective here that I think a lot of people are. I, I, I will tell you this, Craig. There, there has to be a conversation about this, and by that I mean there's got to be a strategy. And you, whatever it is, if the party is going to go full on uh, pro-choice, if the party is going to decide just to be agnostic on this and leave it alone, um, you know, or are they going to double down and say, "Hey, this is where we're standing." Um, if that is, if the last one is the choice, they're going to have to strategize very differently than they have because they are getting their asses kicked on this one for sure. Craig, um, always good to talk to you. I'd like for you to hold because I'd uh, like to follow up sometime on this conversation, uh, get some information from you. I want to delve into some of these issues as it relates to, and, and this is a perfect transition 
the call here from Craig because it it's exactly what we need to talk about. Why is it? And this is going back to 2020. I know there are people, well, we didn't lose that election. You know, if, if that's the universe you're in, um, you're not going to enjoy anything I have to say on this. But I think we have to do much more self-examination. Much more self-examination. And I'm not convinced that we're doing that at all. We're doubling down, I think, in some cases, doubling down on stupid. And not even open to the possibility, you know, maybe this isn't a good idea. Maybe there's something that we need to consider, even from people we might disagree with and we do not like. Case in point, the person I'm about to share a couple of clips from. Now, full disclosure, I want to tell you I am not a fan of this person at all. I will not vote for this guy. I mean, he's not going to become the nominee. It ain't going to happen. But I do think he has some things that we need to listen to. Let me just tell you, for one thing, I am a person who very much believes a candidate needs to stand on his or her own. At the end of the day, you need to stand in your own identity, for better or for worse. You know, is it a good idea to get endorsements? You know, yeah, that's fine. But I think you have to be careful about those endorsements. Who they are from. This is a clip from this person's appearance on CNN talking about the Kentucky election raising the question why did Andy Bashir win this race why did this rising star Daniel Cameron he's a very sharp guy why did he lose I think there was a lot that was very attractive in Daniel Cameron but I have to consider what you're about ready to hear. I think there's some logic here that we better heed. At least have a conversation about. Here is Chris Christie talking about why Cameron lost. Daniel Cameron was a rising star in the Republican Party until he decided to throw his lot in with Donald Trump. I mean, let's face it, Donald Trump is political and electoral poison down ballot. Down ballot, he's in, his endorsement has led to Republican defeats in the House, uh, in the Senate rather, and, and the House in 18. In 20, we lost the United States Senate and the White House. In 22, we underperformed miserably. And tonight, you're seeing us lose again. Um, Daniel Cameron made a huge mistake um, by embracing Donald Trump and selling his soul to him. Uh, that's what he did. And the voters of Kentucky, um, very red state, as you noted, uh, gave their verdict on politicians who sell their soul to Donald Trump. Before you react and manifest, ask yourself the question, is this possible? Is it possible? Are all of these defeats, are they coincidence? 
Or is it possible some of this? And see, here's another aspect of this. Even though there's polling data out there showing that Donald Trump would perform very well, for instance, against Joe Biden. Is that something that's necessarily transferable to somebody else? See, I think this is the other dimension of this that's not being considered. People might want to vote for him, but in some areas, it might make some people less likely to vote for him. Just some things to consider. There are some other things that Chris Christie communicates here. And again, I'm not a Chris Christie fan at all. But he has another very important warning. And it comes as we share the panic taking place on the Democrat side about the horrible polling numbers for Mr. Magoo, Joe Biden. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program. If you'd like to join the conversation, our phone number is 704-570-1110. What do you think is going on with Republicans on the national stage? Do you think this abortion issue is a loser for the Republican Party now? Do you agree with Chris Christie that Donald Trump is an anchor on these candidates, weighing them down, leading to defeats all the way back to 2020? Is that the message we ought to receive? There's more from Chris Christie. He talks about a subject I really believe we ought to pay attention to, the danger of overconfidence. You've seen the polling data. You've heard all of the whining. I heard more of it on CNN yesterday. All the lamentations about Biden's poll numbers. How is he going to get this back? They already know him. And he's not going to get any younger between now and next year. (laughs) He cannot solve his main problem, which is he's old. And people believe that he's too old. But we have a warning. Chris Christie. Warning. We must avoid overconfidence. Listen. Any Republican who's overconfident about beating Joe Biden next year is a foolish Republican. Um, The president's uh, incumbency will be a very strong tool on his behalf. Um, And so if he is the candidate for the Democratic Party, which appears he will be, um, he will always be a difficult opponent. He defeated an incumbent president himself just three years ago. So I don't think anybody should be overconfident. But what we should be concerned about is if we're going to absolutely put a loser up against him. Donald Trump lost to him in 2020. Donald Trump has led us to losers up and down the ticket for the House, for the Senate, um, and in governorships. Um, This has been a disastrous run for the Republican Party with Trump picking these candidates and embracing them and independent voters all across this country rejecting him. That's why, Abby, I've been out there making the case against Donald Trump in a way that none of these other candidates have. The other four candidates are going to be on the stage with me tomorrow night, all raised their hand and said they would support Donald Trump even if he was a convicted felon. I mean, this is the path to defeat. 
we have to defeat Donald Trump in the primary to have any chance of beating Joe Biden in the general election. That's why I want to continue to make this argument on the debate stage. Folks should go to chrischristie.com and donate to keep me up on that stage because I'm the only one who's willing to take it directly to Donald Trump. And he's doing just that. I'm serious. Before you manifest. And he touched on two things there. One of them is the overconfidence thing. We darn well better be careful that we do not assume (laughs) this guy's dead in the water. You ever heard of the rope-a-dope? Now, I do think there's genuine panic on the Democrat side. We'll talk more about this. But having said that, all of this bellyaching about Joe Biden, if he indeed remains on the ballot, and I still have questions as to whether that's going to happen, if he does remain on the ballot. I think this man could be very dangerous. He has the power of incumbency. And there is no reason to underestimate this guy. We've got to put our best foot forward, our best candidate forward as well. Don't make silly assumptions. This is going to be a cakewalk. It will not be. i love to know what you think about this. Do you think... Do you think there's a danger here and agree there's a real risk here of overconfidence? I really do believe there is. I think there was a problem with this last time around. All the jokes about him spending time in the basement, it worked, didn't it? Because I, as I explained to you, I think the last election was a referendum on Donald Trump. That's what it was, the last presidential election. I don't think we have Joe Biden because people love Joe Biden. I think we have numbers that were run up in opposition to Donald Trump. And as a result, we get Mr. Magoo without his glasses. Let's go out to a very quick call here from Mark in Concord. You got about a minute here, Mark. What are your thoughts? Okay, won't take but just a minute. Um, when you're listening to Chris Christie, remember that you're talking to Trump's competitor who is down on the list. He's not first, he's not second on the list behind Trump. He's down on the list and he's going he's trying to pull his Trump card, if you will, and uh, doing what he can to cut Trump down to his side. That's one thing. For another thing, uh, I heard that uh, everybody was cutting Trump. Remember a few things. Um, and, and there again, I am, I'm a Trump backer, but I'm Southern first. So you can imagine this is hard for me. Oh, okay. You're Southern there. before. Okay. Uh, I'm very Southern. I'm, uh, <laughs> I, uh, what is it? American by birth and Southern by the grace of God. I believe that's what my little tag says. Anyway, <laughs> okay. that's the way I feel about it. But, but Donald Trump is a strong man. Donald Trump had other countries recognizing our strength. What are they recognizing now? I'm, Mark, Mark, stop, 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 stop. Sure. I am all for it. Don't, uh, you don't need to convince me. I have no question about Donald Trump's record. I have spoken very highly of what he accomplished last time around. 
let me ask you, objectively speaking, since 2020, has he been a benefit or has he been an anchor weighing down these candidates on the ballot? What do you think, Mark? Well, I don't think he's been a benefit because he hasn't been the president. He's been running for his life, more or less, with all the charges coming up against him and all the stuff from New York and all that. So I think he's been more doing that, but at the same time, you're right. Um, when he was the president, he was pretty strong behind people. Now that he's not the president, then he's not that strong behind them. But I so you, do think he would be strong again. So you don't. So you think the power of endorsement is not really helpful uh, for these candidates? Uh, you know, and there are some, and I would be one of them. I'm kind of making the argument. I'm wondering whether it actually hurts these candidates and bringing in 2020 and alleged uh, insurrection, all of this stuff. Um, I, I just wonder how much of this figures into these calculations mark good to hear from you um glad you are southern and uh <laughs> look forward to you calling again sometime and sharing your thoughts we're up against a hard break here of the Vince Coakley radio program still to come we will talk about the warnings the panic on the left about the Joe Biden candidacy let's go first to a call here from let's see Abdul here in the city of Charlotte Abdul take it away sir thank you very much for taking my call real quickly I mentioned to you once before that this abortion thing it's hard for the Republicans to understand, but this is an issue that women see as a fight against women. And I mentioned to you before, largely listen, yep. because the abortion situation mainly penalizes women for having sex as opposed to dealing with men, too. That's one thing. What you might find enjoyable, because you're getting ready to talk about this thing with Biden, this Palestinian-Israeli issue has got the, the Muslim, the immigrant Muslim community fired up. And they've already issued warnings to Biden saying if he doesn't change his stance on the ceasefire, they can forget, he can forget their vote. So now you have some dynamics here that will be very interesting, which I don't think a lot of people are paying any attention to. But that doesn't mean that it's going to benefit Trump only in the sense that they won't be voting for Trump. They might not vote at all. Right. But all these things are coming into picture, into play, which I don't think a lot of people are paying any attention to. You, yeah, the left, the left is in a panic now because they're feeling some of that. That might that might show up in the in the polling as far as biting is concerned. But I'm telling you, Vince, God is in control of this whole thing, and we don't know which way this is going to go. She but for sure, right. <laughs> wrong is not going to be rewarded. Yeah, I'm there with you. I'm fully with you. Abdul, it's always good to hear from you, and I appreciate your perspective. I, are you, If I remember correctly, you are Muslim, is that correct? Yeah, I'm a practicing Muslim. Yes, I am. I'm curious, what is, what's your solution to this Middle East problem? Uh, Vince, that's Tell me your honest, just your your honest, uh, brief the, overview of how to solve this thing. 
the 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 people who have taken over Israel under the name of being a homeland for the Jews are really Zionists. And unless you're prepared to tackle that issue, which, you know, is if I say Zionism, everybody automatically say I'm anti-Semitic, not only because I've said that, but because I happen to be Muslim. That lie about Muslims hating Jews is pure lie. The thing about the Jews and Israel has nothing to do with Judaism. It's about a Zionist state. And you go back and check out the Balfour Declaration in 1917. It said the Zionist state of Israel. So my, my answer to your question is very simple. The Jews have to forget about having a homeland. And even rabbis have said there's nothing in the Torah that says that the, that the Jews have a right to Israel as their homeland. But these are people who are not practicing the, the laws of the Torah. They're Zionists. They don't believe in God. They're not about Judaism. They're all about uh, world power. So very simply put, if we would get about, forget about this whole thing about Israel being a state or a two-state solution, if you look at the map, what's left for there to be a two-state on? Gaza's gone. And the West Bank, the people are just rolling in there. Actually, set up settlement settlers are killing Palestinians and taking their land. That's not being discussed. So this is, this is not a two-state solution issue. This is simply if you want to fix the problem, because if they kill everybody in Hamas, you think that's going to be the end of terrorism? It's not. You can't bomb your way out of this situation. It's very simple. you got to get right with God. Let me all ask you. You've got Muslims, Christians, and Jews who are bouncing all over the place in terms of what they believe in. God wants us all to do. Now, Abdul, I have to ask you a question, because I think this is very important. And if you listen to this program with regularity, I am a uh, conservatarian, and some of my most strident and challenging remarks, I direct toward people on my own side. Now, I'm, I'm just being very straightforward, honest with you, Abdul, because... I have not heard anything about taking any responsibility for anything on on the Muslim side here whatsoever. Nothing. Well, this is this is all Israel's fault is what you're saying. No, 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 no. But that's what you, that's I'm the saying, totality no, no. What of what I'm you've communicated. It's the Zionist fault. Okay. They're using Jews and Israelis, but this this doesn't get beyond the fact that you have not taken ownership whatsoever for the violence that has taken place on the others. And and what I'm saying, let's say I buy your argument that I reject Israel. Okay, let's say I I embrace that. I still cannot embrace Hamas or Hezbollah. Well, I don't, I don't embrace them either, but what okay. I'm saying is Okay, or a Palestinian state. I, I can't embrace all of these things based on, just based on what I've seen. And these don't have anything to do with religion or my beliefs on religious matters or anything like that. I just look at this logically, and what I see are people who are entrenched in an idea of they're determined they're not going to recognize Israel. So it sounds to me like you're saying... Israel cannot exist. You're affirming the same thing that I'm hearing out of Hamas and Hezbollah, even though you're rejecting them. Do you hear what no. I'm saying? I understand what you're saying, but you're misunderstanding what I'm saying. Very simply put, I can't say it any easier than this. 
If you look at the Balfour Declaration, going back to the early 1900s, Palestine nor Israel existed. The Muslims, the, the Ottoman Empire, was in control of the area where Jerusalem is right now, which we now labeled in the early 1900s, we labeled Palestine under British to protectorate. In 1948, all the nations of the world got together and said, okay, we're going to give Jews a homeland, and we're going to call it Israel. The Orthodox Jews have said there's no support from their religious scriptures for just to justify that. So, but, but we're Jews. back. But we're saying, back here again, Abdul. You, let me just very bluntly ask you the question: Is there any place for an Israel? There's, there's, there's a place for practicing Jews and Jews who don't even want to practice. But to call it a state is going to continue to make problems. Not okay, so you're in the Call same... Yeah, what we... I hear what you're saying, and I do understand what you're saying, even though you don't think I do. But <laughs> what you have to understand is, Abdul, is what comes across, the way it's received, it sounds the very... the message comes across as the very same message as the folks that you say you disagree with. And I and I I get the I do understand the nuances of where you're coming from. And I I appreciate the fact that you've taken the time to explain this. I respect that. But at the same place we come to the very same place though, which is a state that should not exist and therefore people feel a right to take out by military force. Uh, we'll talk again. Abdul, do call again. Uh, always enjoy the conversation. Very much All right, appreciate you. your... But I, I don't believe in them bombing and killing people. I'm not talking about Hamas, Hezbollah, all these groups. I'm glad. I'm so glad. I'm so glad to hear you say that. I very much appreciate it. Hey, good talking with you, and let's keep this conversation going for sure. And I've done it to Bernie again, gone way over in this segment. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Final stretch of the Vince Coakley radio program on this Wednesday, as promised. We will try to get to as many calls as possible before this broadcast is over. Let's go first to Kevin in Charlotte. Good morning, Kevin. Welcome. Uh, thanks, Vince. Uh, how you doing today? Not bad, sir. I was uh, I was talking about uh, Biden's low poll numbers and uh, comparison to Trump. And as a liberal Democrat... You know, I definitely would be voting for Biden, but, you know, I don't really uh, care if Trump wins again, because, number one, I don't think he's a true conservative, and, you know, he don't care about stuff like the deficit, uh, you know, he you know he, was trying, he wanted to give more money in COVID relief than the Republicans wanted to give. Uh, you know, he, I think he thinks it's a mistake. The judges that he put in office, you know, you know, he don't really agree with the abortion thing. He, uh, 
he's disappointed that none of them supported him, you know. Um, and, you know, uh, you know he, he wanted gun reform. And, you know, if it wasn't for him listening to the NRA, you know, I think we'd have some gun reform. So I think, you know, if he got it, if he got it in there again, he couldn't run for a third term. I think he's going to do what he wants to do. And I don't necessarily think that that's going to align with what the Republicans want to do. So you're 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 saying, hey, I'm I'm all for Biden, but uh, it's not the end of the world if Trump gets back in. That's that's that's, that's what I'm thinking. I, it's uh, fair enough. Fair enough, Kevin. Hey, appreciate your call. Do call again. Love to hear more from you as we get closer to election time. Jerry, welcome to the broadcast. Are you there, Jerry? This must be one of those dead lines here. Let's try also in Charlotte, Gary. Good morning, Gary, and welcome. Hello, Gary. We um, must be having this weird phone issue again, which is not the end of the world. By the way, we are going to save this story about Democrat panic for tomorrow. I mean, this is, in one sense, this is not really new. And I think we're going to keep hearing about this until Joe Biden drops out or we're so far past the deadline for him to drop out that it doesn't make sense to even have the conversation. That's my suspicion anyway. Let's take the time to take a look at the day in history. We have a total of seven items here. How are you doing today, Bernie? I'm great, Vince. I hope you are, sir. Not bad at all. Let's see how many of these you can knock out. I think we'll pose most of these as questions for you. Beginning in 1789, Elijah Craig distills the first product of this type from corn in my former state. This be whiskey? Oh, no. Bourbon? It's bourbon. Bourbon. In fact, um, yes. There's a county in Kentucky, Bourbon County. It's named after this beverage. Huh. So. The more you know. Yes. I think I'll stop there for now. 1864. (laughs) We have this president re-elected. Unfortunately, he would not serve out the entirety of his term. Was this Abraham Lincoln? Abe Lincoln is correct. 1939. This dastardly leader in Germany survived an assassination attempt. Boy, wouldn't it have been amazing if he were assassinated in 1939? Would change the course of history. This is Adolf Hitler. You're absolutely correct. All right. Gosh, Mm. isn't that... That's sobering, isn't it? Just an awful human being. Oh, boy. 1960, another election. This can... Idiot. Uh, This... (laughs) Vince, don't be mean to yourself. This person was elected as president of the United States on this day in 1960. Who was it? And mm. I almost said his name, if you happen to be 1960. Up a, and he did not serve out his term for the same reason. Is this JFK? You are correct. All right. Isn't that weird? Yes. That um, both, the, both of these guys were re-elected and, well, elected and then re-elected. 1983, the city of brotherly love elected its first black mayor. I remember this guy, Wilson B. Good. Boy, he was not good for this city, (laughs) the fourth largest city. 
The city of brotherly love. What is it? Is that Philadelphia? Philadelphia All is right. correct. 1994, this guy elected to Congress. Uh, he and his wife were big stars back in the 70s. Husband and wife, singing duo. She still sings. I think she's had a number one hit in like four, four or five Sonny decades. Sonny Bono? Yes, Sonny oh, Bono wow. elected to Congress, 1994. And 2000, we have this contest. The election not settled until the Supreme Court ruled on December 12th. Who versus whom? Is this Gore and Bush? Gore versus Bush. Right. And we know how that turned out. And hanging Chad. Hanging Chad, exactly. Uh, poor Chad. That's all the time we have for the broadcast. Thank you very much for joining us. Lord willing, we're back tomorrow at the same time. Have yourselves a great day, and God bless you. Adios.